0: Welcome back to another episode of Cake and Kombucha. No, Cake and Kombucha, not Cake and Boocha. I'm your host Kelechi Azier. And ooh, it's been a rough week, you guys. I am on crutches. I am on crutches. I sprained my ankle so badly on Monday. I was stepping off the curb and stepped into a ditch. I rolled it. Horn, horn, like I've never I've never really done something and knowing I was hurt right then. Other injuries I've had in the past have been from wear and tear over time. But this was like, oh, this is a bad thing. And I thought I could walk. I couldn't. This man grabbed me and helped me walk to the, um, well, limp out of the street where I dropped all my things, put me in this chair by the bus stop around the corner from my house. Now, This old man that always sits there took my sneaker off and was like giving my ankle an exam. I guess he wanted to see if it was broken. And I just let him do it. I wasn't worried if he was a pervert because that is a testament to how much pain and shock I was in. Then the other guy thankfully drove me to my bus stop. I was walking like 15 minutes to the C train. He let me get in his delivery truck. I've never been in a delivery truck. It was actually really cool. Um, and so I was just limping along, minding my business. And by the time I went to the appointment I had to and that was done, I could no longer bear weight. So the whole fake it till you make it or mind over matter, sometimes it works. And sometimes your body is like, hey, asshole, you've torn ligaments. So yeah, I'm on crutches. Um, I'm in a lot of pain, way more than I have ever been in for anything like this. It's really not good. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to panic. I have an x-ray. It's not broken. So now I can just heal. My gym plans were really thwarted. It's March in a few days. I feel like the universe is um, doesn't want me to get Megan the stallion shape and have a hot girl spring. And I'm upset. But I'll figure it out. I'll do some floor exercises or something. I'll figure it out. Anyway, that's where I am. So we've got a lot of news this week, and I'm going to get right into it because there's got to be more reading than usual. I've got to read you just some straight facts because we're about to have a global pandemic. I feel like I can't be disseminating false information. Okay, so I guess we should just get into it. So the first thing probably on most people's minds is the coronavirus. Um there are now 82,500 confirmed cases across dozens of countries. And this is according to John Hopkins, who President Trump said, I guess is a really respected place. He's not sure. Um, So far, our country, the United States, has confirmed 60 coronavirus patients, including the one that's a little bit, the one that's worrisome is the one that's from unknown exposure. This means that The patient has not traveled to a foreign country recently, and so investigators don't really know why the person came into contact with a patient known to have the virus, and they don't know how the virus got transmitted. That also remains unclear. Um, Trump had a really laughable press conference uh, the other day. Uh, What could we, what more could we expect? Um, He, first of all, placed Pence. In charge of virus outreach and said he's got a certain talent for this and called him an expert, which is like, no, an epidemiologist is an expert on how, you know, viruses spread in communities. As someone who has an MPH is an expert in how to, like, discuss public health issues. Like, it's just also he's the opposite of good at it. He has a track record in the other direction of being bad. So, again, words mean nothing. This is where we are in 2020. Um, what else did Trump say? That is, that's the situation in which he said that whole, like, I guess the CDC is, um, you know, I mean, I guess Johns Hopkins is a respected institution. He promised things that the doctors that he brought up with him from the CDC. So, I mean, that was more than I even had hoped for. Thought he'd just be flying off the cuff, bullshitting on his own. They had to come up and immediately contradict him. He said that a virus, uh, a vaccine would be out very soon. The doctor said, okay, if you think very soon is like a year and eight months minimum. I mean, he's like, it first has to be tested on 100 people. Then it has to be tested on 1,000 people. Then we have to open it up for this. And then then we have to get it produced. So like he basically went through just like how drugs get released to the public for dummies, which I don't think any of us thought they just like immediately get out there. I think we know that from how much money we have to pay for our prescriptions and shit like that. So it was a shit show. He also just insulted Democrats at weird random times. The thing that he said the most was how good a job the U.S. was doing at handling things. We, we've been looking at this before everyone else. What does that mean if it's if it's here? I mean, to be honest, to add my little only flavor of conspiracy theory that I will send to you today, once I heard coronavirus was in Italy, I was like, oh, we're screwed now. And then suddenly we it came here. I just sort of felt like people like I felt like our country is way more you know used to telling non-white people that they can't come and you know in putting them in internment camps you know doing whatever the fuck they want but I was like oh no if the racial profiling extends to white people then they're just gonna be like oh there's nothing we can do now if Europe has it we we have it we are Europe we are European and um that's kind of what happened so here we are um to go into the Mike Pence thing, I don't want to get deeply into it, but his healthcare legacy is actually not that of being an expert, but that of creating an HIV epidemic and needlessly in Indiana. Um, so they were having a, an uptick in infections and the spread of the disease was attributed to people injecting Opana, which is an addictive painkiller with shared needles. But... Mike Pence did not agree with federal health experts that distributing clean needles was a good idea. He said, and I quote, I don't believe effective anti-drug policy involves handing out drug paraphernalia. So like, what does that mean? Even anti-drug policy. So you don't want more people to do the drugs, but they already are doing the drugs because that's how you became aware that there was a crisis in the first place. Okay. Yeah, so that's what he told the Indianapolis Star. And it said, despite assurances from the CDC and, uh, the sorry, the Centers for Disease Control, that's what it stands for, obviously, and prevention, that it is an effective way to help the spread of infectious diseases, such as, infections and diseases such as HIV and hepatitis B and C. Pence said if state lawmakers tried to send him a bill for a needle exchange program, he would veto it. So this resulted in 250 more HIV cases, which as we know is a lifelong condition. The treatment is much better now and the quality of life is great. There's so many good drugs in the market. However, you're basically creating people that will then need government assistance to pay for these drugs in the same state that he also stripped Medicaid, he um, decided that people in like the lowest income brackets should pay a deductible on Medicaid just so they like, you know, don't get lazy. Because, you know, if you can't afford something, then you should like, I don't know, go bankrupt or become homeless trying to pay for it so that you can feel like useful and productive like other strong corn fed White American citizens, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, he did that. And Donald Trump called uh, Indiana a place where Pence had revolutionized the healthcare system and that other states look to f- for an example. It's literally not. Um, so I want to go back to what he said about, you know, I don't believe I don't believe effective anti-drug policy involves handing out drug paraphernalia. OK, believe is the key word here. He said Believe it's the essential word he you know when faced with an epidemiological you know crisis faced with epidemiological evidence that you know there's people who are going to do drugs anyway because they already are are given clean needles they will use those clean needles you know for so many different reasons because they don't want to get infected that's like not something most people are looking for because they're sharper and they don't hurt and they don't create as many track marks so there's like there's a lot of reasons i've had read into this before because I've just, you know, read a lot about how other countries manage certain health crises. and but he decided he didn't believe it. He just doesn't believe it. This is where we are. Like, we are being led by people that don't believe in science. So it puts us in a very dangerous position when people don't even understand what they're talking about. Uh, President Trump said that with Ebola, you just disintegrate. It's not like Ebola. He said, I thought it was the flu, but it's not a flu. Is it a flu? I thought it was a flu. It's just like this weird monologue of stupidity that it will never not be shocking. It really won't. And I think some people don't watch these things anymore, but it's honestly like worse than you think. That's what I can say. It's always going to be a little bit worse than you predicted. Um... Let's see. What other stuff did he say? Oh, just really great, you know, specific statements like this. Well, I don't think the spread of the disease is inevitable. It probably will. It possibly will. It could be at a very small level or it could be at a larger level. Oh, really? Are that the options? It won't spread. It probably will spread. It possibly will spread. It will be at a small level or a larger than a small level. Well, thanks. Um, and the CDC has said the spread is inevitable. Um, let's see. Where else are we on that? Oh, okay. So there was a whistleblower incident again. Um, I'll re- just read this to you so I get it right. Officials at the Department of Health and Human Services sent more than a dozen workers to receive the first Americans evacuated from Wuhan, China, which is the epicenter of the virus outbreak, without proper training for infection control or appropriate protective gear, according to a whistleblower. The workers did not show symptoms of infection, but we know those can take like 24 days to show up, and were not tested for the virus, according to the lawyers for the whistleblower. She is a Senior Health and Human Services – sorry, it says HHS, and I was like, this stands for what? Health and Human Services official based in Washington, who oversees workers at the Administration for Children and Families – Um, She is seeking federal protection because she alleges that she was unfairly and improperly reassigned after raising concerns about the safety of those workers to HHS officials, including those within the office of HHS Secretary Alex Azar. She was told, wow, February 19th, that if she doesn't accept the new position in 15 days, she'd be terminated. Sounds kind of like how China does stuff. So that's where I'm going to leave things right now. All we can do is wash our hands. Um, that's kind of like all we can do is the same things that you would do to not get sick for regular things. It might be of some encouragement that the rate of fatality for this disease is 2%. So, you know, 2% of eighty two thousand five hundred is a lot of lives lost, a lot of family members lost, but it is not as fatal as other outbreaks of things like this we've had. But beyond that, we got to see what happens. So Facebook and coronavirus. Facebook is banning propaganda about the virus that involves lies about what a cure would be. For example, they shut down people posting that bleach is a cure. I don't know what kind of sociopath was trying to get people to drink bleach. And they forbid companies from making false claims like our masks are impermeable to the disease, things like that. Um, Yeah, it's very curious how they sometimes decide that some sorts of false information spreading is dangerous and some isn't. It seems kind of arbitrary. And I just hope that there comes a time soon where they can, you know, not dabble in pretending that they have power, but decide that they do understand what they can help, you know, foment and and propagate and that they make like conscious decisions that have some sort of through line. Because right now it's just play as you go, pay as you go, it's just choose your own ending Because if you remember, they did not do anything about people posting videos inciting genocide in Myanmar. Um, There's been many times, many times when people have wanted Facebook to take things down that were dangerous, affecting people's lives, and they did not. So it's kind of unclear to me what sparked this. I guess, does disease seem like a neutral, like it's the whole world problem, it's not political, like I guess, but using politics in a way that makes people you know, kill each other or undermines the underpinnings of our democracy seems very uh, significant as well. So, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. Get your shit together. Okay, now to get into a human interest slash public fuckery conversation about Quaiden Bales. Quaden Bales is a nine-year-old boy from Australia. He had a viral video come out in which his mother was videoing him, screaming, crying, clawing at his neck. You know, it really pains me to actually describe it and talk about it and saying that he wishes he were dead because of the bullying that he receives at school. Quaden has a form of dwarfism that is characteristic uh, with, he's very, he's not very tall at all. Um, he has disproportionate arms and legs and a bigger head. And he, it was, um, also came with some health problems for him when he was born that he's dealt with, um, which I know. I'll let you know how I know that in a moment. And um, on top of that, he is of Aboriginal descent. So he's an indigenous Australian. He has beautiful like reddish brown skin with a little sh- shock of blonde hair. It was some, you know, blonde hair was actually a trait that a lot of certain groups of indigenous Australians do have. And he, I think, is adorable. Not in a condescending way because he's small, but he's a nine-year-old. He's a little boy. But he just has been facing such torment in school that he wants to take his own life. And he has attempted it several times. Um, I should mention that, you know, indigenous people in Australia are treated horribly. So once I realized he was also a minority, I mean, Australia is really racist. So like once I realized he was minority of any kind, in addition to having a different, you know, different abilities, being shorter, being born with a certain condition, I was like, Oh no, poor baby. So, you know, his mom is online. She posts this video. I think it's very vulnerable thing to do. I think your child's mental health problems would ideally be private. Um, I think it is not a parenting choice that lots of people would make. But I also see why, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't, I don't know. I'm not in that situation. But I also see why she did it. um, Because she was, the thing I don't think people get when they were just talking about why would she do this she shouldn't post this she was it was a cry for help for her too she was like I don't know what to do I can't do this anymore fuck you all you bullies like look at what you've done to my son and I'm not I mean I'm blaming the bullies but I also think that if her son has attempted made attempts on his life several times I hope that he can get treated for depression. I hope that he can get treated for any comorbid mental illnesses he might have. I think that there is a type of resiliency that unfortunately, a we all need for life because life throws really bad things at us, but also as a minority and as someone who has a different type of condition than the majority of population you're going to need. I don't want to call it a thick skin. I guess I want to call it coping mechanisms, a belief system, a way of approaching the world that doesn't leave you with nothing and and hurt you and so while bullying is such an issue and you know really evil little children have the technology to take things so much further nowadays I don't know whether people are crueler now than they used to be. I can't say. When I watch movies from the 80s with people pushing people in ditches down wells and almost killing them and pouring soap in each other's eyes and swirlies and all that, which is what is that? Like upside down waterboarding, really, with the toilet. I I don't know what to say. Like my, my uh, parents would have ruined your life. Like they would have ended your future. You would have been in jail and... Do you no school would take you. You would get been expelled. Like they just, no one's putting their hands on me. It just wasn't going to happen. So I feel really sad um, for the kids that don't have the protection or can't get it or for some reason. And I also feel bad for kids that are small because I was, you know, I was a big girl. I was like five five when I was ten, and you know, looked like I was eighteen and. Nobody was really messing with me. People would make slick comments about books I was reading or my glasses, but nobody was going to try to put hands on me. So I don't I can say with full, you know, I don't know. I know what it's like to not feel included. And I know what it's like to feel lonely, even when you're not alone and even when you're in a group. But I don't know what it's like to be openly harassed and taunted and ostracized like that. And so it seems really horrible. It's unclear to me why some kids are such sociopaths and why some are just, you know, some kids are born super sweet and some are like, come sit with me and do you want half of my popsicle? And some are just demons. So I don't know about what's... I, I can't say for certain what's getting worse. I know internet tormenting just brings up a whole host of other issues like, you know, child pornography liability when you're, people are spreading naked pictures of each other and things to humiliate humiliate each other in that sense. Um. Yeah. So back to his situation. All I was saying is... That was just to say that bullying is a, is an issue. It's a huge problem. But I think even without it, he needs some coping mechanisms. He needs some coping mechanisms for people looking at him funny, you know, because he looks different. I have developed my coping mechanisms for people looking at me funny because I'm black in a situation where they didn't expect to see a black person in Astoria. Like, sometimes it just means having an attitude. <laughs> it's not always the best coping mechanism. But, uh, yeah. So there's a positive part of this story. And then, of course, a negative backlash. Because how can we not have – how can we just uplift a child without having a negative backlash? So this the video from the mom went viral. There's a comedian in the United States who's – uh also a dwarf and I believe he set up some sort of a he either suge- set up some sort of a GoFundMe or just introduce people to the video and like encourage them to send well wishes so he got contacted by this kid Quaden got contacted by all of his favorite celebrities he got personal messages from his heroes um he got personal messages from around the world which is really great There was this really sweet one of this nine-year-old boy who's head of like – an no, he's 11 – head of an anti-bullying league at his own school in the United States. And he was like, you know what? I just think you need a friend. I'll be your friend, man. You know, if you come out here, we can hang out. We can do this. It was, it was so sweet. And um, uh, ultimately, $450,000 was raised for this kid. And he also got to do the first kick at the indigenous um, – all-Stars, which is a division of the Rugby League, which is. Oh, mm. I didn't know I was a rugby fan. I just. Can we just have a moment of silence for quads? Just one moment. OK, yeah, just look it up. I don't I just can't look it up because I was just looking up plane tickets to Australia, basically. Um, Anyway. That was like his, it was, that's his, you know, he's a big fan of the sport. So that was a dream to him. So Upworthy has shared this story. Many little outlets that like to share positive things or, you know, emotionally manipulative things that make you want to cry, but also are sort of touching, you know, those kinds of things. Those kinds of uh, online outlets, they shared it. And the comments and the backlash, if you're not able to predict where the backlash would be, Good good on you. You're like a human. But the backlash is basically, from what I understand, because people are bitter, broke bitches, and they're mad now that a, a suicidal nine-year-old has a lot of money donated to him. People are all on the like, well, in my day, you know, I was bullied and no one gave anything to me. A, no one cares. B, uh, you know, so I saw some fool write, so everybody wants to give money for bullying, but what about homelessness? Huh? I... Like you could do both. Are you are you just broke? Is that I'm broken. I literally if I have a dollar in hand, I'll just I'm like, well, I have more more of of a dollar than someone else has. I'll give you this dollar. Like, I don't really understand it. And then there were rumors going around that he is really an eighteen year old, which is so wrong in so many ways because that's the same kind of thing he's getting bullied over his appearance. So because, you know, what's the some of the way your facial structure is different? With the kind of dwarfism that he has, and it does you. You know, there you don't always know how old people are. Like it, there is. I mean, you have clues and you have tells, but people can look younger. One might say his face looks a little older. I mean, it's kind of like it's a little subjective. But to definitively say falsely that he is a teenager and scamming everyone for some for some reason. I don't like that kind of shit. I'm very suspicious of the people that try to downplay suffering. It's kind of it's kind of all from the same well. Like, bullying isn't that bad. The treatment of indigenous people in, you know, Australia, New Zealand is not, you know, Greenland, things like that is not that bad. Uh, we shouldn't believe that this person is actually suffering as much as they are. Why not? Furthermore, the woman was his mother was on a show called Black Australia like four years ago when he was five and he's on there. So there's documented evidence black uh, indigenous people are referred to as black in Australia. And I mean, a lot of them pretty much are if you see pictures. But yeah, so they she was on this, you know, documentary talking about her life, her struggles, her struggles with her child having this condition like surgeries he went through as a baby. There's footage of him as a baby, so adorable. Like, it's documented that he he has this condition and how old he is. And so how do rumors like this get spread when they're completely verifiably false? But also, why are people mad when someone gets money for something? I, you know, didn't know that I am I supposed to be jealous of other people's money? And I'm just not like, I didn't know that that was a thing that so many people felt. I I get feeling irritation with certain Kickstarters. And I I think there's a lot of Kickstarters, even in my industry. There's a lot of actors asking other actors to fund stuff when we barely have two quarters to rub together ourselves. And you sometimes feel like, how do we all get in this situation where we're just circularly asking each other for things? But this is not that. This is people, including celebrity Contexts that have been made because of the virality of this video, who were sending this child things because they wanted to. So, how do we have a whole contingent of people that are comfortable putting their ashy fingers on a keyboard and coming for a child? And even if he was 18, so then he's a suicidal 18 year old, barely an adult who still needs help and might still be helped by having some of his favorite, you know, Hugh Jackman, reach out to him and stuff like that. I don't, I don't get it. It's so mean. It's just so mean. Ugh, human, humans are weird. I don't know. I don't want to think any deeper about what that thing is, but I, I think, you know, I've talked it out here before that I think a lot of things that make people uncomfortable have to do with like, they sort of identify with it or they, They don't want to see themselves in it or something like that. I don't know. So maybe they don't want to know that the world is that bad that a nine-year-old could feel this way, but it is. And we know this because there have been children that are almost single-digit age in the news that have self-harm and worse. So I was disgusted by this. um, And then to top it all off, and I really hope he wasn't pressured by everyone being a bitch, but Quaden has decided he wants to give the money to charity. It's now amassed... $450,000, $450,000 and he wants to give it to charity. And you know, I don't like to see people not get money that they could have used because of what some other bitter Betty's think. I will talk about that more with the Weinstein thing. Wait, will I or have I already discussed that? I think I've already said explicitly like, victims, get money. What you saying? What you saying? Uh, get my mo- what? It's a conspiracy. Everyone wants us to be broke. They really, really do. They want us to be broke. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm losing the thread now, but I saw <laughs> I saw this thread, this meme. It said um, Bernie Sanders, like the top, you know, people with ten million dollars and more will have an inc- increase in taxes, and then the bottom was a picture of this woman like screaming and running, holding her face, It said people, it was like people who make forty thousand dollars a year, and that's what I've been thinking for these past couple of debates. Um, when 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 Warren says she has a billionaire uh, tax coming out. I guess I realized that I don't think I'm going to become a billionaire in my life. Do I not love myself? Like, I just never thought this is going to pertain to me. I think I will be successful, but I don't think I'm going to be a billionaire. So do people really all think they're going to be billionaires? Big tangent. We'll pick up with election stuff. But my point was just that the counting other people's money, I don't understand. Like, let people have their things. Because one day when it's you, you might want to take your troubled child to Disney World. Like, I don't get it. So I'm kind of pissed to think that this kid isn't going to use any of the money where he could go to college, which is a huge problem. You know, many indigenous people in Australia do not have therapy, which is very expensive. He has medical expenses that the rest of you bitches don't have because of the conditions that he was born with. So I'm like, dude, please go to Disney World if you want to, but not because of what these people are going to think. If you felt like you were about to kill yourself and someone gave you a, a trip to Disney World and that is what made you feel better, great, great. It takes different things for everyone. I don't get why everyone just wants everyone else to suffer to the same extent that they did. Like, fuck off. So I'm not going back and doing this over any of this. I'm not patching in like perfection. I just don't have it in me this week. But I do want to say that I've listened back and it seems like I can't say words today. So yeah, just in me like listening to the little bit I've recorded so far. My tongue is not, it's not getting around these consonants. Consonants. Ugh! <sighs> I don't know. I was also under anesthesia this week for something else. Which I don't even want to get into. Maybe I'm still high. It's just been a week, guys. It's been a week. She had a birthday and she's trying to get serious about her health because she's not 17 anymore. And it's just that time. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, back to what's next on the menu for this discussion. Um bitter broke bitches I literally had that in my notes okay taking down Bernie Sanders so after Bernie Sanders was the front runner he won Nevada I woke up to Facebook and Twitter and saw people just opining about how much he sucks and I was confused because he's not okay I know I talk a lot about Pete Buttigieg but he actually does suck stay with me (laughs) like he does he really does Um, he says nothing. What can I say that I haven't already said? He's not the front runner. If he was like really the front runner, like really, really, I probably would reel it in a little bit. I would because I I don't think he's going to purposely try to ruin the lives of, of minorities and gay and trans people and immigrants the way Trump is. And I'm just a little bit shocked that people feel comfortable dragging Bernie this much because we don't, like, the internet is forever. It doesn't just, like, go away and then, like, a couple months later you start, you know, saying whatever positive things about how you stand behind your candidate. And the other thing I don't think people realize is that we need the kind of crazy fervent devotion to get people to leave the house and vote. This isn't an election where we can just be like, okay, perfunctory vote. Like you have to have people feeling like they're in a cult because we need them to leave the house and do it. We need just, we just need higher voting rates. Can't rely on the black women that always come out. We we can't do everything for you guys. So I just feel it's weird to, I didn't, well, I guess I didn't know people hated him that much. Like I knew that I had my issues with him Um, and Elizabeth warned me so much of a better candidate that it's, it is painful to watch her not win and that we, I just feel like we have this opportunity to have such an amazing president and we're, we're losing it now. And yes, Bernie's consistent. Yes. He's said the same thing for years. Yes. He is correct. Like we need to burn some shit down and do it over. It's not working. And I am really sick of people just putting little band-aids on things like, Because the theory behind it seems to be that it has to be the way it is. And so everything is a deviation. There's nothing wrong with with just doing things a lot differently so that people can have better lives. And that's mostly what he's saying. Like, that is what I get out of what he's saying. Um, But even before, I mean, and the other thing is, I think it's this interesting push and pull between him and the media. So people start... Saying that they don't want him and he's wild and crazy and he's a socialist. And then he sends out emails to his um, campaign supporters like, hey, like some woman posted this. Hey, Jody, it's you and me against everybody else or something like that. Or it's like us against the establishment. And then Jody's freaking out. I don't want it to say us against the establishment. Like that sounds what do you mean? It's us against the world. Like what about my neighbors? Like something. But it's like we I mean, everyone is sort of against him. So. When he says that, like, everyone but his supporters is against him. Like, they talk cash shit. So it's kind of funny because when he says it, it sounds hyperbolic, but it's not. Like, Democrats keep coming out against him. And it's not what I want to see right now. I just don't. Like, I really don't. I haven't I haven't seen any powerful Democratic leaders come up out against Pete Buttigieg and come out and say, hey, we don't need someone who has no experience in office. Hey, we don't need someone to get elected who has 1% or 0% approval with Black people. We, You can't get de- elected without the Black Democratic populace voting for you. So this is a stupid person to keep pushing along. I haven't seen anyone come out and say that. So does it like look funny that the person that wants to raise taxes on the wealthy is the one that gets all this shit yes it looks like you just all are worried about your money and you've kind of said that so i i just get tired um i'm not saying that people don't have the right to their opinions i'm saying that we all use the internet recklessly and then when we don't get what we want we also use it recklessly to complain and be shocked and i if that sounds uh like a know-it-all or condescending or whatever, like I don't care. Like I thought Trump was going to get elected last time and I was correct. And it's like none of these pundits thought that. People didn't think that. Like we laugh at the whole like coastal elite thing, but me not living on the East Coast before that election was what allowed me to understand that, no, no, he really can win and this is not a joke. Like so everyone who's like there's no way we could have known. There is a way. It's just like by listening to people that are not really – you know, the ones that are directly around you. And so I am not saying that like I don't know. All I'm saying is that I just see the same things repeating. And to me, I trust myself because I was right before. And I trust my instincts in that matter. And I just feel very uncomfortable with it. I feel like a similar thing is happening where we drag someone up and down and left and right. And be like, I'm with her, I guess. <laughs> okay, I'm with her. And then we get surprised when someone that has some real excitement behind them is, um, you know, wins. Like, we, you don't give your enemy all these kinds of ammunition to use against you. All of the things that we are saying negatively about Bernie and our fears and our concern, especially the Democrats that are going on TV and saying things like that, they're going to be used against him. And it's going to be very hard to convince America as a whole to vote for someone who people are able to say, well, his own party doesn't like him. I mean, that can help him with the people that feel like, you know, who want to do a more like Trump-like burn it down vote. But it's an uncomfortable thing. And I just... Don't think enough thought is given to when discourse ends. Like, what are the real asks? Like, we need to have some real asks of Bernie. If we want things to change that he does, we need to have concrete asks. We can't just be like, it res me the wrong way and his supporters are crazy. They are crazy. I want to harness their crazy. I want to harness them like they're a fucking, like, I don't know, some sort of monster, like Phoenix, some sort of... Actoplasm, harness them in my little like Ghostbusters backpack and spray them at the, the, the right. That's what I want to do. I want to harness their crazy and use it. And I don't like do I like to treat people well? Yes. Do I believe in the golden rule? Do unto others? Yes. Am I like we need to stamp out every hurt feeling that ever happened from the Internet because, you know, Trump voters are zealots and these people are zealots so it's the same thing it's not like I'm not like your beliefs matter I mean and if you don't agree with me you don't agree but I don't think feeling like zeal for wanting universal health care is the same thing as feeling zeal for wanting to kick immigrants out the country I don't think it's the same thing I totally understand the concept that Things that are, you know, thought to be good or have good aspects, like, you know, some religions or whatever. I'm going to say some because I'm, I'm not even going to say that all religions had good intentions from the beginning. But like some, you know, can then get out of control, be used for evil. And, and that's a very similar concept, you know, and group think is dangerous. Yes to all of that. But I'm not prepared to say that Trump supporters and uh, Bernie supporters are the same level of dangerous because they – They don't believe the same things. And I think your beliefs matter. Um, And I haven't seen, you know, they're not. These are people that don't believe in gun owning and stuff like that. Like, it's not the same thing. I don't have to. If I go to Bernie Sanders rally, do I think everyone's going to be armed? No, I'm not saying a liberal won't punch you in the face. We like we fisticuffs sometimes. But do I think they're all going to have guns? No. Do I think they will and like to like wear masks and shit up in Virginia and take rifles up to Capitol buildings and just be everyone's everyone's face? Like, hey, I'm white and I have big guns and I might shoot you, but you got to be OK with it. because Second Amendment. Yes, because that is the thing that actually happens. So I'm just not sure about these false equivalencies. Like, I'm not sure. So, I mean, I've always thought Bernie bros were obnoxious. They have the nickname Bernie Bros because they are obnoxious. Um, Ava DuVernay got online and said, no, no, I don't know who I'm voting for, but I know this is not what I want. And and she had clipped um, where Bernie had said like something like will upend the Democratic establishment and the Republican establishment. The key word was establishment and upend. Uh, no, he didn't not upend. The keyword was like establishment. He was saying we're gonna overturn like both the Democratis Democratic establishment and the Republican establishment. Now, do I think he needs to think about his messaging more and how many people it's turning off? Sure. I do. You can have the same policies, but you can change your messaging just because people are uncomfortable about it and I don't believe in writing things that have different interpretations online like I don't believe that if you can read it really fast and not really hone in on the fact that his the keyword is establishment and so and then you have to do the mental math to figure out that he doesn't mean the whole democratic party he means establishment as in a negative way as in the old guard of you know fuddy-duddy heads and people that want things to stay exactly the way they are even though it's not working for many, many people, that's what he means by establishment. You shouldn't have to do all that math. I I'm a firm believer that if you're a public figure and you're trying to get something from people, you need to say something in a way that's clear, so that it, people it can't be used against you because that's just smart. That's nothing less than smart. But I will say the same thing for Ava DuVernay. I was just I don't know what she meant, but of co- it's it sounds like she meant I don't want this as my candidate, and like I was just sad that she said that because she's a really powerful person and so I was like oh god that seems like another person kind of saying that they won't vote for Bernie again if that's not what she meant it doesn't really matter that's what it reads like quickly so that is it's just like not good optics I don't know why Democrats we don't think as much about optics and we just let our principles beat us in the face until the last second and then we're like try to suddenly unify and be like hurrah and it doesn't work I was listening to some political pundit that was saying, when is the last time you've heard a Republican talk about swing states and what Democrats they can get to vote for them? When is the last time we've heard that happen? Never. They never do a Amy Klobuchar Costco comedy album and I've won in the reddest of red states and the bluest of blue. They don't do that. They're just like, these are my peoples and they're going to vote for me so there's less pandering. So don't quote me. I don't know what the exact numbers are. Like, I don't know if we need to pander in a different way. Like, are there just more Republicans than Democrats in the United States? I actually don't know that, but I just, I have to look it up after this. Um, but I just thought that was an interesting thing. We're just strategically different. And our strategy as a democratic party has kind of been like not having one recently. Um, And I I don't feel like this is the way – I don't remember being like this when I was younger. Like, I remember a little bit more party unity. So, again, and you could say that Bernie Sanders is the one, like, fomenting party disunity. But you know what? He's going to be the next president. Like, if he is elected, he would be our next president. If he is our primary winner, if he becomes the person on the ticket, he is the only person in the Democratic Party that is – is positioned to be the next leader of the democratic party. So then we need to stand behind him. I don't get why it's that hard. He's not someone who has is grabbing women by the pussy. He's not someone who is, you know, a known rapist. He's not a hypocrite. He's not bribing people. He's not someone who's hiring illegal immigrants and kicking them out of the country and then not paying them. Like it, it shouldn't be quite as hard as it is. I feel like, um, so that after Ava DuVernay's, uh, statement she got death threats which is horrible but i hope a i don't know what the death threat protocol is like because it just seems like people threaten you for death over anything like i think the game of thrones writers the showrunners rather were got death threats about the way they ended the series i don't know why that's just like a thing to say to people if you don't like something that they did or or said and I don't actually been curious. I don't know how celebrities are meant to take it seriously or if they do. Um, but like you shouldn't be talking to people like that. Like that's ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous thing to say. It's a ridiculous thing to want. Like, why do you feel it's just I mean, it's scary. is it's, it's scary. Like it's just scary that there are people out there that want to kill people over shit like this. Like, it's really scary. Um, But am I in any way surprised that she got death threats? No. Like, that's the thing. And you know who's really – who really hates the Bernie bros um, is – what's her name? Saturday mornings on MSNBC with um, the African lady, Joy Reid, who's been giving us some fierce braided updos. She hates Bernie's people, and she talks about it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And again, I – you know, if he becomes the – If he's our candidate and then he loses, like, are you going to wish that you talked about it a little less? Like, he's publicly denounced them. I'm not, I'm not super clear on what else he's supposed to do. Like, you know, it's Pete Buttigieg's talking point that, well, you need to look within your, like, messaging or you need to look within, like, yourself. Like, what is it about you that attracts those type of people? And I'm like... I'm not going to agree with the a Judge talking point. I mean, what is it about you being smarmy and fucking fake? Like, what does that say about your ability to, to dupe so many people? Like, if you listen to that voice and you think that's sincere, if you think that's sincerity, if you think large paragraphs surrounded by nothing where you say a thing and then you talk around it for a long time are sincere, then I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I don't fucking know what to tell you. Like, to me, the bitch is talking in a different octave. Everything about him is fake. I don't think his voice is actually there. I can tell when you're, like, putting an affect on. I It's not... The resonance is not... It's not real. Like, everything is fake. So, I don't know. Um, I just... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just going to hate to see Trump in office another four years. That's all I'm going to say. Like, this... I might sound crazy now, and then after the worst happens, we will have to play this back. But to me... I just don't feel like we're like in private. I feel like if we on the Internet write a bunch of think pieces about how someone sucks. That's still there when people look him up, who might have been considering voting for him later when he becomes a candidate. And. I don't know. So I guess I am saying yes, if enough people feel like if people feel about him the way I feel about Pete Buttigieg, I am saying it's time to shut up. I am saying that because he's the frontrunner. I am. And I, and I, but I think these things are dependent on the person. Like if it was a Mike Bloomberg, I would say we can't let him be the front runner and we need to take him down because we don't know what he's going to do. So we would need, that would be a situation, but I just don't, I just don't see it with Bernie. Like the things that he offers are great. Um, The things that he wants to do are solid. So that's where I stand on it. Um, And I do want to clarify that when I said Messaging tone, whatever I meant of his supporters, I don't think he needs to change his, you know, flailing his arms about. Cause, like we've talked about, some cultures talk with their hands a lot and they're fucking loud, and that's great. And honestly, I want to hear a strong, vibrant voice from someone that old, or else it, you sound kind of frail. So, to me, like when he's hollering, I just think about diaphragm strength. And breast support. And I'm like, okay, yes, you breathe in. <sighs> yes, you breathe in up there. Let it in. Let it out. Um. What else? Oh, Elizabeth Warren, Queen. Queen Elizabeth, she came for Mike Bloomberg again. She mentioned an anecdote about herself, which she mentions a lot. Mention it all. I mean, if you pay attention to them, they all have stories that are relevant about their lives. And they can't exactly, like, make up new stories for every scenario because they only had one life. That we know of. So she brought up how she was a teacher. She got fired for being pregnant. But she said, it's a good thing no one said kill it like you did. And you know what? Let me we'll pick this up. Let me take a short break and then we'll pick that up. So as I was saying in the debates, um, Elizabeth Warren came for Mike Bloomberg's neck again with another quote that he you know, has come under fire for a female employee said that when she was pregnant, he told her to, quote, kill it. Um, Let me first go into this Chris Matthews interview, which you need to hear to believe. And I will stop and start and then we'll talk about the rest of the debate just for a little bit
1: so much. Brian, do you believe that the former mayor of New York said that to a pregnant employee? Well, pregnant employee sure said that he did. Why shouldn't I believe her?
0: So right off the bat, you already know she believes this because that's what she said on stage. So you're already flagrant. Let's let's go.
1: You know, I'm just really tired of this world. This one is personal for me. It really is. But you, believe, it's a bad, you believe he's that kind of real. person who did that. Look, pregnancy, discrimination.
0: You believe he's that kind of person? What the f- First of all, why are you asking her more than once? She literally just said it. So when you ask someone a question that they've already answered two times in a row, you're looking for a different answer. Spoiler alert. He asks her more than two times. He asks her some more. But this one especially got under my skin because as a black person, we are always asked these kind of dumbass questions like you think they're that type of person to be racist? You think that I don't fucking know. Like their mama probably loves them. I don't. I don't. Not only has Elizabeth Warren made it exceedingly clear she doesn't like or even respect this man. Now you are going to question her about like how could she possibly believe he's the type of person to do the things that multiple women have accused him of doing? I don't get it. It's almost like you're saying, well, you cannot like his policies and stuff, but you you still like him, right? No, no, I don't like him, and I told you that. I think he sucks. And you suck, too.
1: Discrimination is real. And we have gone on and on and on where people say, oh, I can't really believe the woman. Really? Why not? Mayor Bloomberg has non-disclosure agreements for who knows how many women. And it's not just the one. The whole point is... How can you actually trust someone who will not just say, Look, I'm going to waive on non disclosure on sexual harassment and discrimination? Yeah. Anybody who has a story to tell can come tell. Sure, I your agree story. with everybody, deserves a incredible response when they make a, a, a charge like that. My question about him you believe he's lying. I believe the woman. You believe he's lying. Which means lying. he's not telling the truth. And why would he lie? Because just to protect himself.
0: Okay. Are you 90 years old and just working out for the first time that people lie? Like, what's going on? What's actually going on here? But why would he lie? Why would someone lie about a terrible thing they said when they're running for a public office? It's just too stupid to really, like, some things are, they're so stupid that they should barely be engaged with. But then it's like, you're insulting me. Like, I now I know that you're coming for me. Because this is that stupid and you still said it to me. What? What's wrong with you? Like, what else? Let's just listen to the rest just to listen to it.
1: Yeah, And why would she lie? I mean, that's the question, Chris. Why do you was, assume a that bet. he's and the guy? I just want to make sure you're clear about this. You're confident of your accusation.
0: What the fuck? Who the? Who are you talking to? I don't. The only thing I wish is that I wish Elizabeth had said less and just been like, yes, I believe her. Why don't you like I wish she'd let him I wish she, I would interviewed him. You, you don't know why people lie. I don't know. What are some reasons that you think someone might lie about something bad that they did? Um, let's let's try for five. Five reasons someone might lie about something that's very unflattering. Like, what? Of all... mm.
1: All I know is what she said and what he said. And I've been on her end of it in the sense of discrimination based on pregnancy. It happens all across this country and men all across this country say, oh my gosh, he never would have said that.
0: Why are men always so shocked by shit that your friends are doing? Like, if you're not doing it, then your friend's doing it, your uncle's doing it, your cousin's doing it, your brother's doing it, your dad did it. Like... It has to be some of you. So what is this collective shock whenever we report things that happen? Ugh, disgusting. So annoying. Um, but yeah, so the rest of the debate, it was fine. I mean, Elizabeth was great. She had great points. Everyone attacked Bernie. Um, Pete Buttigieg said especially nothing. Like, it was just useless. But here's my thing like on Twitter I saw these people criticizing Elizabeth Warren for not going after Bernie Sanders harder calling her a wimp and stuff like that and I'm like no one understands nuance like she their policies are very similar and they are literally friends if she were to totally come for him it would sound very disingenuous it would just sound like vote for me because I'm more likable and I'm, I'm the, you know it wouldn't be like policy based so she made a She made an argument. I guess y'all didn't hear her. She said, I'm more effective. These are the things I've gotten done. Bernie has plans, but I have the details of the plans. and I can tell you how to get them done. She said that. And then I saw people, she was, people say she was attacking him. So I just think it's just interesting how everyone's really sure. And by the way, all of us are like backseat driving and we're not actually in politics. Like the people I'm talking about on Twitter and, and including myself so sure of the way things are supposed to go, you know, so sure of the cause and effect of things like like everyone would love her more if she was attacking Bernie Sanders. Like, uh, really? Or would Bernie Rose like burn her house down? Secondly, this one man called her a nag and said that she was annoying for talking about Michael Bloomberg again. And this is a black man. And then I was like a nag. haha, ha, That's sexist. And he also said, no, I'm just saying that she can't be on TV calling men sexist for four years. No one wants that. <sighs> oh, the old get over it. Slavery was yesterday argument like, sir. And then this fool said he was exhausted by our back and forth, which literally I said one thing back and I was like, "Ooh, nag, watch it. Oh, and this was a response to Mark Lamont Hill's tweet saying that he thought when Bloomberg called her, um, said that she was well, she never persists. Enough is never enough. Like it sounded very like demeaning and sexist, which it did trying to paint her as some, like, complaining, like, harpy. And this guy thought it was annoying. So there's been two debates in which she's mentioned bad things that this guy's done, and it's annoying. Also, like, beating a dead horse. Who says the horse is dead? It's not dead because he's still on the debate stage. Honestly, she's the type of person with her values that I honestly think there's things that she would lose over. So if it makes her too annoying to go after Mike Bloomberg. I honestly think she would do the public service of trying to make him so unpalatable that he has no chance of winning because she honestly thinks it's that important. Like not only would we probably not be able to win with a candidate that has, you know, so many NDAs and so much dirt on him. I mean, and yes, Trump did, but I think it would make us look kind of hypocritical because that's not what our party is usually about. Just like, Hey, here's a criminal. Here's a rapist. It's not usually what we're like openly about. Um, There's also the unknown quantity of what he does when he gets in office. He might be like another Trump. So I honestly think she would take an L to do this. And I just think it's funny. People being like, "Okay, woman, you said it. You know, you already said it once, but twice, my lady, you go too far. It's weird. So let's just stop that. Harvey Weinstein was convicted, guys, of criminal sexual assault in the first degree and rape in the third degree. He was acquitted on the three other charges, which included predatory sexual assault. And he was sent to jail to wait sentencing on March 11th. But of course, he decided to go to the hospital instead with his fake health problems. Um, He could be sentenced to between five and 29 years in prison. Uh, This is a huge win. Even though he didn't get the most severe charges, the cases that were brought forward kind of represent the end of perfect victims, which I can't even get into right now because it's a little too heavy for me. But the point is some of them maintain a relationship with him afterwards. Uh, things that people do, things that happen because you know you're rapist, because you want a job, because you want to reclaim the moment and and not feel like you were raped. You want to go on like nothing happened, like all sorts of reasons. Again, if the most powerful person in Hollywood coerces you into some bullshit, your job afterwards is not to make sure you give up your career so that you can be a perfect victim to later make sure that he goes to court and goes to jail so that everyone like looks at you fondly. And doesn't question anything about you. That's not your job. Your job is to live your life. Get your money like he got his. Okay. So I'm I'm really thrilled that the prosecutors went ahead with it because a lot of times when things don't line up in a perfect package, they don't go ahead with it. And it represents a new world we're stepping into where people can start to put themselves in someone else's shoes or, hey, avail themselves of information that's available, Already, but they just chose not to like how rape victims acts and stuff like that. So I see this as very positive for a bunch of reasons. If you care to be disgusted and mortified, go listen to the Daily's interview with his his uh, lawyer, the lawyer representing Weinstein. It's a crazy, crazy woman who literally told the interviewers that she was never sexual assault, sexually assaulted because she never put herself in that position. Like I'm not paraphrasing. That's what she said. She said, I always, like, look around behind me and I walk home and, like, other weird things like that. And she also, you know, she said, so she had these crazy examples. Like, if someone gives you a drink at a party and then they give you another drink and say they want to discuss it with you over at the tables. And then they say they want to go upstairs to look at a script. I mean, we have to make women... Give them the responsibility of their choices. Um, I was like waiting. I thought she was going to say if someone asks you to like get under the covers and hold them in a spoon like bitch. You just described like three meetings like three industry meetings and then like another one where you go do something that is really collateral. Like there's people that will not let you look at their scripts. They have them on paper. They won't email them to you and they are in somewhere private. Uh, so like, I just, I was just very confused by her defense for her client anyway. She was like, I mean, if you come to my client's room, you're going to get fucked whether you like it or not. Like, what are you saying, ma'am? Are you defending him? My sister thought that she was like giving the interview on purpose to try to like have a mistrial so that people would hear it. And, you know, she they could argue the jurors heard it and were biased against her because she's so heinous. Because we were trying to figure out what the strategy was unless unless she's just like an old fashioned type person who really thought she could appeal to like our worst instincts, our worst angels, our demons, you know, like instead of better angels, our worst demons. And it didn't work. Even with seven men on the jury, it didn't work. And I guess people thought she sounded like the sociopath she is Um, because, yeah, didn't happen. So that's a win. Hurrah, hurrah. Yeah, it's, I mean, what are the hoteps going to say now? Are they going to still? what about Harvey Weinstein, everything to death? Like, the man's actually going to jail. If you somehow missed out on watching Miramax movies in the 90s, I feel sorry for you. You missed the chance where you could actually be aware of some of his contributions to society without throwing up in your mouth a little bit. It was an amazing time. He was an extremely powerful person who... I mean, if anyone could afford to buy a network, it would probably more likely be him who actually worked in the back end of television and film more than Bill Cosby did, even though he was producing shit, too. I mean, it's just I just can't. Like, I also started listening to the this Bill Cosby podcast. It's horrible. And there's also just so many black female victims that, again, you have to ask, why do people create these narratives that just where black women are completely like erased and thrown away. Close. I just want to say that celebrity fan culture, women, we don't care about women. There's so many intersecting things that have happened with this Kobe Bryant story, but the most recent one was the memorial service. Um, People were criticizing Vanessa Bryant for not having his family speak, even though as someone who's not even a fan, like as in I'm not a basketball fan, I wasn't like who wasn't like a celebrity. I thought about a lot. Even I had been aware that his family was estranged for like tweeds, estranged from his parents for like 20 years. Some people were criticizing her for not letting them speak. So. What what is it? What is it that you guys as fans want from people? This is what I want to understand, because first you come after people for um, talking about his legacy and including things that he did, which is what a legacy kind of is. And then you get mad at his widow, who's someone you should be uplifting and protecting right now questioning her motives for why she didn't have the family speak there. And I see so many people like writing about it and Facebook threads. I'm just like, damn, do I look crazy when I talk about like Beyonce? Like check me, check me on whoever I care about and talk about like I know, because it sounds fucking weird. Okay. Like it sounds strange. It really does. Nobody cares about what she would do at your memorial service. That's what she did at the m- memorial service for her husband. That's what she decided to do. The family was in the front row. They didn't decide to talk. We don't know why. They didn't feel like it. They didn't want to. But his immediate family is... hes You're not... Like, once you leave your parents' household, you're not like... He's a 40-year-old man. He had children. Like, that. that's his nuclear family now, is his wife and his kids. And I'm someone with, like, ride hard for my siblings, so I don't mean to say that in a, you know... In a flippant way, but I'm just a little confused about why you're like, you don't think his widow is his family. You know what I mean? Like, and could be the one that was in charge of everything that determined, you know, everything about the service and how she wanted it to go. I don't understand that. And she is also the person that lost a child and it's a memorial service for her child. So I can't imagine having some funky in-laws on the stage some grandparents I didn't get along with that thought I was stank and you know, a homewrecker or whatever, whatever people try to throw on, you know, the women at first that then become the rocks of the family. I would not want them on stage either, but I'm just speculating now in a way that I don't even want to, cause I don't even know. Or I just thought, when is it going to end? When is, when is criticizing the way other people process information, process grief, process the passing of a celebrity, process the passing of someone that they know and you don't when is it going to end and why don't people feel embarrassed to say the things that they're saying that's what i was thinking but i was just like wow it's clear that any woman can get thrown under the bus uh and it can be his wife it can be gail king it can be a victim it's like anyone is fair game for this man and i just don't think that's what he would want let me not even say something like that. I'm sorry. That That's probably disrespectful, too. I just don't. It's not appropriate. Like, and it's strange. Leave her alone. And I listened to the read and heard that people were doing the same thing to Nipsey Hussle's wife, Lauren London. She was at an event with Biggie. Oh, my God. Sorry. Sorry. See? Wow. Just thinking about celebrity deaths. She was at an event with P. Diddy and... It was like some celebrity black brunch or something. Some black people event for Black History Month. Some fancy party. And people were then starting to talk about whether they were dating and getting mad. Now, she posted online like, I'm still his, but no widow should have to do that. I mean, if she started dating someone two months later, the way men do, the way widowers do, so what? You don't... You liking someone's music doesn't mean you can control the way his wife that he has left behind lives her life stop this stop being crazy and stop trying to control women the last thing I'll say which I also heard from the read was the end of a mystery for me so there was this dance called renegade to the song renegade I don't think it's called renegade but the thing they say over again is renegade and I saw these Uh, white girls in cars and stuff and parking lots doing a lot of hand motions and things and this dance. It was very stiff and I never for one second thought that any of the people that I saw were the originators of the dance. I assumed it was a black dance trend, but because I am in my 30s, I just didn't think it was for me to know what the trend was. I thought it would become apparent eventually and that, you know, my little cousins would tell me when I see them at Christmas, they do it or something. So come to find out that there is a 14-year-old black girl who created the dance. She has been out here the whole time on the internet. And one of these viral TikTok stars who is like, millions of followers has let everybody think it was her own dance the whole time. Like, she was like – and I've seen her clips. Like, I taught my sister renegade. She didn't say, like, the – even say the renegade. And that matters because it makes it sound like it's a thing. She, not like, oh, I taught my sister this thing I did instead of I taught my sister the – huh. You know, this thing that has a title that I didn't give it. She allowed everyone to think that she created it. And these kids have crazy, crazy video editing skills. Like, I, my 11 year old cousin tried to show me all the TikTok stuff she did. And I was like, I don't know how you do that. She's like, Well, I just did a screen record of this. And then I went to this app, Regram, and I did this. And then I brought this footage from over here. And I was like, Baby girl, you could have a job. Like, this is not. These are not just like, oh, yeah, I know how to use this app. Like, these are skills that will be able to be monetized one day. But these kids know how to do... I mean, look at a toddler. You know, you've seen it... A- I know we've all seen a toddler work their way around an iPad. They have the magic touch with the touch screens. So you're telling me you couldn't tag the person? You did a whole dance thing you saw and you didn't tag the person who created it? It takes two seconds to tag someone. Plus, you were already on her page because you saw it. So now I know you just had to press a button like at and mention her. I know I'm mixing all kinds of apps, Twitter, Instagram. I know I'm combining all types of things right now. But the point is, it's always a simple mechanism when you're looking at something to retweet it or whatever, re-whatever and include the person. And they elected not to do it. They purposely went around it. So fortunately, now this girl is getting her shine and she's went on Ellen and Ellen gave her a jacket with the name like original creator of Renegade on the back of it. And, um, uh, like, oh, the jacket had just thousands of dollars. Ellen was like, oh, look, there's a thousand dollars in one pocket and another pocket." I'm like, Ellen, you better just bless everyone, auntie. But I just, it's so disrespectful. And this is why we'll keep having these conversations about Cultural appropriation that don't get to the meat of these issues because it's about money, recognition, disrespect, theft, and it's on purpose. We always pretend like it's an accident, but oftentimes it's not. The Kardashians, everyone wanna talk about when they wanna talk about when they wear like cor- guys today. I'm telling you, can't speak, and part of it is because my mouth is dry, because it's hard to go downstairs in crutches, and it's just like an emotional journey when I get up, and I haven't got more water. In hours, Because I just don't... It's hard to figure out, guys. It's hard. Anyway, what I was trying to say was everyone wants to talk about the Kardashians and their cornrows or over tanning. But the things that they've actually done is order clothing from an indie black designer they have online. That's what Khloe Kardashian did. Look at it. Create the same design of their own clothing line and not credit her. And the girl had... Email exchanges. Hi, I want to look at this jumpsuit, this glitter jumpsuit, this glitter jumpsuit. And then they just replicated it. I mean, these are these are the things that really this is how, you know, wealth is stolen from black communities. To be honest, there's no reason that that girl, this 14 year old who came up with this stuff so easily that she said it was easy. I'm not easy for the rest of us. I mean, easy as a credit to her. She should have recognition. She should have millions of followers, but she doesn't. It's some white girl in a a crop top and provocative yoga pants that pretends that she made these dances. It's it's really wrong. And I just wish people felt like I wish they could feel a little guilty on their own without getting called out. I mean, come on, man. Crediting people. It's like basic one on one not being a dick. All right. That's been enough ranting for me today and probably for you. I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Cake and Kombucha. And, yeah, I, I'm i sure next week will be another roller coaster. Did I almost say roller coaster wrong, too? I did. I did. I said a roller coaster. I got to go. But, um, yeah, the Nevada, not the Nevada, the South Carolina primary Am I dying? Look, it's been weird and I apologize. I've really have just been sitting with my leg propped up and not speaking to anyone, so I guess I lost my ability to use language. Um next week I will record before my second procedure and um they're just they're minor procedures, but I do have to go under and I'll tell you about them. If I feel like the results aren't embarrassing, (laughs) it has to do with GI stuff. That's all I can say. So, um, yeah. But, um, yeah. We'll learn more about this global pandemic and we'll see what happens in South Carolina and how Joe Biden winning one state because he's popular with the blacks affects everything else. Because, like, can we just get back on track and winnow it down, please? Anyway, that's all for me. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for sticking with me. Bye. Cake and Kombucha is produced and hosted by actress, writer, and singer, Kalechi Azier. It features music by the talented Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, check out melaniejbcharles.com.